Likute Sichais, Chelik Tezva, Volume 15, the fourth Sicha for Parsas Toles. This is a Rashi Sicha, albeit a very easy Sicha to understand, and it'll actually give us some profound insight into the longevity of Yitzchak, and likewise of Avraham and even Sarah. Just a few rules in Rashi which we're going to counter again in the Sicha. Number one, the obvious one, Rashi will only explain something which is imperative, meaning that from the verse itself, it's not clear. And, you know, it requires somewhat of insight, some information added in order to understand the Pshut HaShemikra. But when the answer, so to speak, is obvious and clear from the verse, Rashi will not explain it. So when Rashi does explain something, that tells us that it's not clear and obvious from the verse, even if it may seem so at first glance. Another rule in Rashi, um, Rashi will typically not tell us the author of the insight, the author of the interpretation. For example, when he quotes from the Talmud, he will not typically quote the name of the sage who said that saying. Rather, he will do so only if it does add some insight, some extra meaning in and brings out, uh, so to speak, a, a greater impact in the understanding of what Rashi is saying. Now, just for information that will be put in for the Sicha, Avram Avinu lived a total of 175 years. Technically, he was meant to live 180 years. Hashem blessed him that he would live in ripe, to ripe old age. However, as the sages tell us, the reason why he passed away at 175 is because when he turned 175, his, his grandchildren, the twins, Yaakov and Esau, turned 13. They became men. Thus, their actions now became attributed to them and became noticeable. Esau, as we know, went off on a very bad path. In order for Abraham not to have to endure that and see how his grandchild is going off in his bad ways, Hashem made it that he should pass away five years earlier in order to fulfill his promise of living to a good, ripe old age. Now, Sarah, as we know from last week's parasha, and Chayi Sarah, Sarah passed away at the age of 175. So let's get into the parasha. In the parasha where it tells us that Yitzchak called his son Esav in order to give him the blessings, and later how at the end Yaakov receives the blessings. So in chapter 27, verse 2, Yitzchak actually qualifies to Esav, why now? Why he's calling him now? Why is he summoning now for the blessings? And he tells him as follows. Hine nozakanti. Behold, I'm very old. I'm becoming old. I've become old. And then he adds, Lo yodaiti esyoy I don't know when I'm going to die. In other words, perhaps I'm going to be passing away soon. I'm already, I feel like I'm close to that age. And therefore, if not now, then when? Then let me take care of business now. So on these words... Lo yadaiti moisi, quote, I do not know when I'm going the day of my death. Rashi quotes these words and he explains. Omar Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha. Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha said that when a person reaches the Perik Avoisab, meaning the lifespan of his parents, of his respective parents, he should become anxious. He should worry five years prior and five years after the time, the year of death, the age of death of his parents. Now, since Yitzchak was 123 years old, he said to himself, maybe I reached 
the, the age limit, so to speak, of my mother. Now, since my mother passed away at 127, I already passed 122. I'm within the five years of her, you know, age of passing. Therefore, I don't know, quote, I don't know the day of my passing. Why? Because maybe I'm meant to live out the age of my mother around, give or take, five years before, five years after, or maybe the age of my father. I don't know. But right now, I'm at a, I'm at a point, I'm at a crossroads where I need to be concerned about it because I'm within the five-year period of my mother's passing. Again, she passed away at 127. On I am 123 within the five years. So the Rebbe asks, obvious question. Number one, why does Rashi need to look for any explanations? Why does he have to look elsewhere? In this case, to the Gemara, to the Talmud, and quote Rabbi Shua ben Karcha, I think it seems obvious from the verse itself. Yitzchak said, I became old, I feel old. So Yitzchak felt old, so that's why he felt like, you know, this is the time, this is the time, I may be dying soon. That's number one. Number two, why does Rashi bring, why does he quote this, this uh, explanation, this insight in the name of the author of the quote? Why does he say Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha, why does he veer off his typical approach where he doesn't, you know, he usually quotes it anonymously. So the Rebbe says the explanation is based on something we learned in last week's Parsha. In last week's Parsha, it says that God blessed Yitzchak. No, I'm sorry, prior, previously, not in last week's Parsha. It says God blessed Yitzchak. Now, what is behind this? That God blessed Yitzchak? So it actually tells us that Avram was debating and deliberating, should he or should he not bless Yitzchak? Why? Because Avram could see into the future and he saw that potentially Yitzchak will have a very bad son, namely Esau. And he was concerned <clears throat> and worried about giving him the brachas because if he gives him the brachas then it passes on to his children. So essentially he's going to be blessing the wicked Esau. So what did he do? He said, let the Baal HaBrachas, let the master of blessings, meaning Hashem himself, who was the owner, the master of all blessings, let him come and bless whom he wishes. And thus, this is what the verse says, God bless Yitzchak. Now, bottom line, because this is the case, God bless Yitzchak, this raises a tremendous question. Since Yitzchak received blessings, not through an intermediary, it may be even Avraham, but rather from Hashem himself, from the source of blessing itself, it's understood that first and foremost, this includes long life. What greater blessing is there? Besides all the other goodies that certainly came along with it. So if it's something that he received as a blessing, and Yitzchak is aware of it, he knows that he received this blessing, then why is he concerned? What exactly is he overthinking here? Why is he overthinking it? He knows that his his parents received blessings from Hashem and they lived much longer than 123 years old. True, Sarah lived only 127, but when he reaches that point, maybe that's when he should start to worry. But why is he being why is he worrying now? Why is he being concerned right here, right now, when he's 123 years old? Therefore, to answer this question, this problem, that's why Rashi explains that Yitzchak's concern stemmed from the fact that he reached within five-year period of the passing of his mother. 
And according to this, the way to understand the words in the verse, Hine nozakanti, behold, I became, I'm old, is not that I'm old in the simple sense, but rather that I'm old, I feel like I reached the end of a period. I'm old in the sense that I've lived long enough and perhaps now I'm old enough to, quote, pass away. Now, the fact is that how did Yitzchak live so many, many years more than the, than the, what's it called again, than the age of, of Sarah? How is it then if he was concerned? And we now explain the legitimacy of his concern because within five years, how then did he live so many years more than that? Not just that he lived to 127 or 132, which is five years past that, but he lived to 180. We know that Yitzhak passed away at 180. How did he live so long? This is the reason why Rashi tells us that there are two things here. Number one, five years prior or five years post the age of passing of one's parent. Number two, it could be either parent. And thus, Yitzchak lived close to the age of Avraham. Avraham lived to 175. Yitzchak lived another five years to 180. So everything seems fine. Now, based on this explanation, however, now, we have a major question that arises on the entire story. In other words, it seems to make, everything seems to make sense and fall into place, right? Rashi, we understand why Rashi explained what he explained, why it was necessary. But now, really, by understanding this, a major question arises, and that is, it would seem obvious that the, que- the blessing of Hashem would add to that which is, so to speak, allotted to him. In other words, if Abraham Avinu lived 175, and we say that a person naturally could live either f- to five years prior to a given parent's age of passing, or five years after, that means that it's quite natural for Yitzhak to have lived to 180 if Avram indeed lived to 175. Then the blessing, it's something that doesn't make, make sense here, because it, it seems like the blessing didn't really contribute anything. Because if it's due to the blessing, he should have lived past 180. Because until 180 is still, so to speak, a legitimate natural occurrence. So why didn't he live longer? Why, why didn't he live longer? And the same thing could be asked, not only on the reality, in other words, that in actuality he didn't live longer, but there's another question here concerning Yitzchak's worry. What is he worried about? Since he knew that he received a blessing from Hashem, and therefore he knows that what? That since the minimum that he can live, minimum, right, uh, naturally speaking, is within this five years prior to the age of his parents passing, that's a normal thing, but he has the blessing of Hashem. So then what is he worried about? In other words, he should have been, um, so to speak, he should have been calm and he should have been certain in his mind that since he's within five years, which is maybe natural for him to pass away, but Hashem had given a blessing that he has nothing to be concerned about. He should have been confident. So why is he all worried? The answer is, the explanation is as follows. We'll go back to before Yitzhak was born. And over there, the Torah tells us as follows. Avram was 100 years old. Sarah was 90 years old. And there it says that Avram and Sarah were old. 
which literally translates they were coming in days, which means that they had reached their maximum of days. They came with all the days and they were really, at that point, they should have technically been already in the process of passing away. But it's just that Hashem blessed them, besides blessing them with a son, He blessed them in general, and that's why they lived longer. And therefore, it comes out according to this. Think of it now. That when Yitzchak reached 105, which is five years after what naturally was the allotted time for Avram Avinu to live, because when he turned 100, we said he came in days, he was ready to pass away. That's when he reached his maximum of, so to speak, allotted natural years to live. As far as the age of his parent is concerned. The maximum age of his parents, which is Avram. That's when he reached 105. So now, now when he leaves, when I'm sorry, when he lives to, to um, the age of 180, how much more did he live? How much more did he live? Uh, he left 75 years more than the 105 years. Now let's look at Avraham. Avraham was 100 years old. Hashem blessed him. Hashem gave him an extra blessing of added years. And how much longer did he live? 75. So indeed, everything works out well. In the reality, the fact that Yitzchak didn't live to 185, he only lived to 180, because the blessing added to him exactly what the blessing added to Avraham Avinu. Again, Avraham was 100, Hashem gave a blessing, he lived to 175. Yitzchak got a blessing, which included certainly long life, and since naturally he should have lived at least maximum to 105, adding to that 75 years is a total of 180 years. Now we'll also understand in the concern of Yitzchak, what was going through his mind. See, Yitzchak thought that perhaps the allocated, natural allocation of years for him should be in accordance with what his mother's natural lifespan should have been. An allocated lifespan, in the original at least. And that would have been what, as we said, 90. Well, if that's 90, that means at 85, potentially, he should have been already concerned about passing away because it's five years prior. Now, when his mother was 90 and she received a blessing, how much impact did that blessing have? In other words, how much greater was her life post the blessing? 37 years. 90 plus 37 and she passed away at 127. So Yitzchak felt that since technically he should have been already concerned about passing away at 85, which would have been, so to speak, a natural time because it's five years prior to the minimum amount of the age of his parents, which in this case was Sarah. And we said at the age of 90, she was buying by Yomim. She was already coming in days. She was ready to pass away had it not been for the blessing. Therefore, he's figured add 37 to 85 and that's exactly where he is now. He's past 122 years. He's 100, 123rd year of life. And he says, now I have to be concerned, even with the blessing that I received, even with the blessing that I received, perhaps maybe now is the time that I'm going to be passing away. So everything makes sense. Now, one question still remains. After having explained all of this, and now we'll understand why Rashi introduces this insight in the name of Rabbi Shua ben Karachal.
You see, the question is, in actuality, as Rashi himself had explained to us, Abraham should have lived not to 175, but to 180. In other words, his blessing should have endured not for 75 years, but for 80 years. And the only reason he passed away five years earlier than that mark is because he, we explained in the introduction that he shouldn't see his grandson Esau, you know, going off the, you know, to a bad path. Thus, it wouldn't be an enjoyable, you know, good long life. It wouldn't be a good old age. And therefore, Hashem took that away from him to spare him that. So the question is, if technically Abraham's blessing was supposed to last for 80 years, then based on that, Yitzchak should have lived to 185. So we're back to the question. Why did he only live to 180? This is what Rashi is hinting to when he quotes this insight in the name of its author, Rabbi Shua ben Karcha. You see, because Rabbi Shua ben Karcha, there's a story in Maseches Megillah. In, in Tractate Megillah, the Gemara over there tells us about several of the sages, of Tanoyan specifically, that had long life, that merited for a very long, long life. And they were asked, they, the students inquired, what is it that you did that merit, that you've had a merit to live this long? You don't just live long for nothing. Hashem gives it to you when you have a merit. And each one quoted several things that they were very careful in, that they were very, very diligent in, and they attributed their longevity to that, to those to the merits of those special uh, um, stringencies that they had on themselves and so on. When they asked Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha, he said, there's only one thing that I can attribute to, one solitary thing, and that is that I was always careful. I went to the extreme not to look in the image, meaning in the face of a wicked person, never to look at a wicked person. And therefore, he's attributed that that so to speak, preserved his purity, and he was able to live longer. Now, this perhaps can explain to us, this can give us insight, why although Yitzchak was blessed by Hashem, but still five years, so to speak, was shaved off his life. You see, Yitzchak, the reality is, he had a son who was very wicked. Esau was wicked. Now, although Yitzchak was perhaps not privy to this, or he didn't really know the extent of Esau's wickedness, but the fact is, it's his son. He looked at him. He spoke to him. Being that he looked at the face of a Russia, this can help us. This is perhaps what Rashi is hinting to by quoting it in the name of Yeshua ben Karcha. This perhaps can help explain why he didn't get the ultimate blessing of living past 180 years. What is a great lesson that we can learn from this, says the Rebbe, from this entire story? You see, Yitzchak when he was looking at himself, so to speak, in relation to his own self, when he's examining himself, he went to the ultimate extreme of scrutiny. He was not confident that he's going to live the fullest extent, but he was going to the you know, extreme of scrutiny of saying, perhaps the minimum I'm going to merit to live. In other words, he didn't see himself so worthy, and he was hard on himself to an extent, thinking that maybe he's going to pass away even you know, five years before what his mother passed away, he was certainly younger than the age of when his father passed away. However, when he is interacting with others, or when he's, so to speak, judging others, dealing with others, in this case, in this very story, when he's giving the blessings to his son, and at the time, he wasn't even, he wasn't aware that this was Yaakov. He was thinking still that his Esau, who he knew is not so perfect. He just didn't know how wicked he was. Yet, 
he was over benevolent. In other words, he was tremendously kind. And he went to the other extreme of giving him blessings with such abundance that even we don't find it in the blessings of Yaakov, we don't find it in the blessings of Moshe to the, to, 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 the, to, the, to the Jewish people before he passed away. He gave him such tremendous blessings without any limitations. Now, in other words, Yitzchak, who stems from the Kav of Gura, he comes from the attribute, his main attribute is the attribute of severity, which normally calls for constraint and scrutiny. He only applied that to himself. But when it came to others, there he applied the maximum of chesed, of kindness, with gvura, with power, with strength, with, 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 ultimate, with the ultimate energy that one can possibly give, give um, chesed. So this tells us that when it comes to dealing with avoidance, when we deal with ourselves, when we're looking at ourselves, yes, we got to be sometimes a little severe, sometimes a little harsh, you know, not to be so forgiving to ourselves, you know, sometimes have some more scrutiny. But when it comes to some of the others, when it comes to dealing with people outside of ourselves, there we have to uh, give, there we have to apply the attitude of a broadness, of benevolence, of kindness.